Clay, as a young child that you mm. were at some point, I'm imagining, did you have a, uh, were you into dinosaurs? I was, yes. Like every red-blooded American child, you were into sauropods and T-Rexes and things like that. Did you, did you have any, uh, any favorite dinosaurs out of the whole uh, canon of dinosaurs? Uh, I, well, I was, uh, dinosaurs were probably the first thing that I got into that, uh, predicated, um, other nerdy things that I got into because the same, I, I brought my, it was the first thing where I was like, you know, I know all the trivia. Mm-hmm. Like Taxonomy. It's yes. big. Little kids love taxonomy and categorization of things, which is and why then, Pokemon is so big, I imagine, amongst kids. Yeah, and then that shifted to comic books and, and movies and stuff. Uh, I, I feel like I was a bit of a hack, though, when it came to favorite dinosaur because um, I, was, I was a Stegosaurus guy up until the Velociraptor dropped. And then once yep. the Velociraptor came out, that was that was it. And like I was, I wasn't even like a basketball fan. And I was like, I need <laughs> Toronto. a Toronto Raptors jersey. <laughs> I'm assuming it was Jurassic Park that brought the oh, Velociraptor. Of okay, of yeah. course, yes. Because yeah. I guess maybe my dinosaur ignorance is showing that the Velociraptors are actually kind of small, right? Jurassic Park makes them look bigger I than they actually are. Think they're a bit bigger in the movie than they are yeah. in, than they were in real life. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I couple- was. Uh, I was a Brontosaurus fan, I think. Oh, still calling a Brontosaurus instead of a Patasaurus. But I guess yeah. that's gone back now. Now there is, a real, there is a Brontosaurus at this point and still in a Patasaurus. But well, is, is Pluto a planet again? Because that's everything can comes say. back around. Yeah. Who can say? We'll get there someday. First to Mars. Now, I read a couple books about dinosaurs recently and mammals. There was a, it's called like the Rise and Reign of Dinosaurs was the first one. It's from like some young paleontologist who's at Edinburgh University now. And he wrote a pretty good book. It's, I wouldn't say it's a great book, but they wrote a couple pretty good ones. You know the um, the fact that's sticking with me he, from his mammal book, you know the dinosaur that looks like a big lizard and it has like a sail on its back? Yes. It, it's just, it goes to show like how little I actually think about the, different, the difference. That animal is more mammal than it is dinosaur. Is it Interestingly, really? genetically, yeah. So I just thought that was kind of a neat fact. And that just shows huh. you how the, um, I don't know anything about timeline. Like that that thing came along much later yeah. than dinosaurs did and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Well, that's that's the thing about dinosaurs, right? Is it's like everybody's favorite, two favorite dinosaurs. There's like a 90% chance they lived like 500 million years between each yeah, other. I know. All, all my sketches just, of dinosaurs doing battle didn't yeah. actually work out in, in your brain. In your brain, you just assume those are all the same thing. They must have existed <laughs> at the same time, but not the case. Nope. Some of them got on a spaceship and flew to the Delta Quadrant. And we're going to talk yeah, about apparently, it now. This yeah. Is, this is Distant Origin, the 23rd episode of the third season of Star Trek Voyager. It came out on April 30th, 1997, written by Brandon Braga and Joe Minoski, directed by David Livingston in Universe State. Unknown, it's 2373. In this one, Distant Origin, an alien scientist finds evidence linking his species' ancestry to Earth, but government government's officials refuse to accept his evidence because it conflicts with existing doctrine. Boy, what a, a timely episode to be dealing with things like that. Anyway, this is Distant Origin. It's the dinosaur episode. Kind of a unique one, but uh, what did you think about it, Clay? Um, <clears throat> I thought it was good to a point. Uh, I thought they were really close to having a, a really great episode, except that 
I found um, the chancellor or whoever's entire argument to be complete nonsense. Yeah, the, the Inquisitor, uh, whatever they call her. The uh, I forget what her name is, like the priestess or the boss, the big bad boss. Yeah, I, I thought once they got into that stuff at the end, I was like, I don't really, this does not hold water for me anymore. Because the, the, like, I know they're kind of going for like a, a Galileo sort of thing, um, which Copernicus. I did spend the last, Copernicus, I did spend the last uh, 10 minutes of the episode trying to think of a good pun for that, but I couldn't think of one. <laughs> turning one of the astronomers into a dinosaur. Um, but the difference is where the king, the kings and queens or whoever from the past who were uh, threatening Copernicus with death, they were doing it because it, what he was doing was um, blasphemous and went against a, an ethos that they all believed in and thought controlled everything. Yep. Whereas what this Inquisitor person is doing is not based on anything they bothered to explain. Like it's just, it's just the we don't like that idea because that goes against what the books say. Um, and, and it, there's no like, sorry, how's that? How's that different from the church? I guess. Well, but the, I, there's just there's no like, I I could not see any how this would change anything. Oh, you know, whereas if is if the if if go if Copernicus or whoever is saying what they're saying, if they believe this is going literally against the the will and, and of God, mm -hmm. which deserves a punishment of possible execution or whatever, yeah, that's one thing. But this is just like no, this it, no, we don't like the way that this sounds. And also, her whole argument was uh, was was. <laughs> I thought I thought Chakotay at the end was a hundred percent right, and her argument was silly because she's talking about how if if this is if what you're saying is true, then we have no legacy, and it's like you've been here for four hundred million years. Yeah, they're yeah. not. It's not like it's been six months. You <laughs> yeah. know, like le what is legacy if not existing somewhere for four hundred million years? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd um, I would. I would agree with that. I think that I I find it to be, I guess first and foremost, and we can get back to the point, I, I thought that this was probably, in my opinion, like maybe the best episode of the season so far. Yeah, um, I would probably say that too, yeah. It was, it was, if not, it was pretty close. And, and for the, maybe since like um, Tuvix, it's been the first Voyager episode where I actually felt some kind of empathy for the characters that mm. were involved. And it, I, I actually felt like, you know, sort of bad for, I think his name is Gagan or Gigan or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, not the Godzilla <laughs> villain. villain. I think it's pronounced Gagan. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, I thought that maybe the one, the, the flaw about the ending is that I thought it was almost too closely hewing to the Galileo and Copernicus trial, really, which is like, you have a church and the church is standing for this thing and this guy's findings are sort of going against what the church says. I just thought that, um, I, I thought that I appreciated it and I found it a watchable Voyager episode just because I felt empathy for the, the character, which was very unusual in a right. Star Trek episode. Yeah. And I felt like this one, this one also did something unique outside of that, like on a, on a technical level, it does something that I I'm, I think only a, like one or two other Star Trek episodes have done to this point. And 
just like those, this one can't go all the way with it. But we talked about this. Um, I don't remember what the TNG episode is, but there's one called, or there's one where Riker is captured pretending to be an alien on a planet. He gets like injured and he's brought to a hospital and they figure him out. Mm-hmm. And what's novel about these episodes, and I wish Star Trek did it more, was it's an episode that's told mostly from the point of view of the aliens that yeah. are running into the Federation. And I thought that that's like a really unique and good way to like give your actors a rest and it's a way to like bring in other actors and have a different point of view about things and you're always, always doing the same thing. This one does that again. It brings in Voyager a little bit more earlier than I think the TNG episode even does. I think the TNG one does a better job of keeping, it seemed like the cast are guest stars in the episode. Um, but, you know, down to feeling good for Gagan. I actually thought Chakotay was good in this episode. Yeah. I don't think it's anything Chakotay specific that makes it good, but I thought I was like, oh, Chakotay is actually doing stuff <laughs> in this one. He's he's talking to the dinosaur lady. He's explaining what he thinks about things. He's making friends with this guy and stuff like that. I I just I thought that for the first time in a long time, this was the first Voyager episode that I was like, wow, this felt like a competently put together thing that is maybe not super novel, but it was. Um, well done, I guess yeah. would be the way to say it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's a couple things where, like, you know, the whole the whole issue with them going onto the ship and being invisible and then setting off an intruder alert, all that stuff was like this could have been solved if they had just talked to them. You know, yeah, not, that's another one of those. There's, yep. there's really no reason why they couldn't have just talked to them. <clears throat> well, they are by they are bigoted against mammals as they say and you know he kind of, he kind of regrets it later on he's like you well, know, yeah I've but his whole many bad things his whole thing is that he's looking to reach out to these and find i mean I, I guess i it's i think that's thin but i sure um but yeah i i, I thought the uh i thought that stuff was really good i i liked the the bit of um betrayal from the one dude there who I, who's definitely not dating that guy's daughter anytime soon. No, no. He's, he takes back his you can fuck my daughter conversation with that guy <laughs> immediately. Yeah, his little postdoc who's been studying with him uh, betrayed him, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. It, it was um, I, I, I think I think in this one you have to bring in, I think they picked a good time to bring in Voyager because I, I don't know how much uh, you can really get out of the story without them meeting up with with Voyager, you know. Um, yeah. Although we do learn that Voyager's apparently just been leaving trash all over the galaxy. I I was curious. Did you do you do you remember whose bones those are? No, no idea. I I think, and I'm only going off of this of like the loosest of interpretation. But I I could I was I couldn't figure any of that out about where the bones came from. And I guess it's um, Hogan who died on oh, that really? planet with the monster, which I don't know if they ever state that because the, his, they don't identify his, um, his badge. All his badge says his Voyager on mm-hmm. it. So I don't, I don't know. But yeah, they're leaving trash every which way. Um, I, I was <laughs> surprised. I thought they were just going to find them by the breadcrumb trail of uh, shuttlecrafts that they had left. Yeah, right. Just finding bits and pieces of everything. But that was, a, that was actually another thing that I really liked was the... Um, it felt like the first Voyager in a long time that like recognized that Voyager is kind of a weird ship out there. And the other mm-hmm. aliens are like, did you run into that Voyager ship that's out there? That was pretty crazy. They were, they were talking about being human and stuff like that. And they really came from the other side of the galaxy. I don't know. It felt, um, it felt like the first time in a long time that the show 
even semi-seriously took its premise semi-seriously. Is yeah. what I meant to say? Like it, yeah. that, that this would be something that was happening. And I like the tracking down of them and stuff like that. I was, you know, the, the episode goes on to reveal it kind of interesting because I was thinking like, well, there's no fucking way they're going to find them because they're way behind them at this point. And what are they going to do? But then they they show that they are, uh, they have some kind of transwarp system or something like that. Although another Voyager trope, they don't ask for help to get home. <laughs> right. Anybody. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, at the at the by the, at the end of this, I don't think they're in a position. They're in bad to, relations uh, to yeah. ask for anything, yeah. unfortunately. But <laughs> no, but I I thought it was. Uh, did you realize there were dinosaurs at any point? I don't know if the text of the plot <laughs> tells I, you that. I I thought very much they looked like dinosaurs, and mm. I was not expecting them to go. Yes, the dinosaurs built a spaceship and left Earth. <laughs> <laughs> What did you think of that? What do you do? You think they built a spaceship and left? Are you going along with what the show is saying? Oh, as opposed to being taken by somebody else. I I was assuming, I was assuming they got abducted by real aliens and sure. somehow ended up out here. But I mean, the the show goes out of its way to say that they developed a city that's under the water, which feels like it's a, a something that I think in the twenty fourth century we probably would have found their underwater cities by now oh was that um, what was that what they were trying to say i i thought chakotay was just saying that as like so much time has passed that anything that you would have built is probably under the ocean or under uh, oh that's what he's rock. saying but i i thought he was really suggesting su- suggesting that they had developed cities and technology at that point and it was just lost to history it's kind of like that um that Joe Rogan thing about like the lost societies like there's people oh, who sure. believe that there's like ancient civilizations that are so I, I far love beyond that stuff. us so we just can't find them. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think it's preposterous, but I think I I I always find that stuff very fun, very interesting, very fun. I think yeah. that's what they're saying happened to the dinosaurs, but I would sure, but I I don't they were taken. I don't know if they were saying they literally built cities under the ocean, but maybe they oh, okay. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. You're you're just pushing back and get, uh, whether or not they were Aquaman dinosaurs yeah, or yes. if they just got got yeah. flooded. Okay, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, I I think one of the things that was taking me out a little bit is just going back to the amount of time that's passed because the thing ends with Chakotay giving him this globe, which is you know for getting into ancient uh, pre-existing civilizations and reptilians. Who's to say they even believe that the Earth has a globe? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but uh, at the end, he's like, I swear eventually my people will think of this as our home. And I'm like, why? Again, it's 400. It's a long time. It's not like, I don't know. It, I, I don't. Are you, are you I, just I, saying like, who cares at this point? Yeah. Where you came from? Like, it's, okay. in, it's interesting to a point, but like, <clears throat> I don't. I don't think about how humans all evolved out of, you know, Iraq or wherever they say the first humans came out from. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's one day that will be my home. You know, it's just, it's, right. yeah. it's too far removed for it to really mean anything other than to be an interesting bit of curiosity inside. The science is interesting, but mm-hmm. I I don't know if <laughs> that's that's a hard sell, I would say, for those people to be like, no. 400 million years ago, we came from this planet. It's like, yeah, cool. Great. It's kind of um, Battlestar Galactica, right? Because yeah. that's, that's the same idea it's, there. Yeah, it's like Prometheus to, a, to an extent as yeah. well. And it's like, it's a really interesting idea when you get into... I, I think 
I think once you become a, and I know I'm kind of galaxy braining this here, but I think once you become a, a species who freely travels through space and can travel light speed, it probably becomes a little less interesting than if you are glued to a from, single. You mean? Yeah. Well, especially yeah, especially if you're glued to a single planet and you and you don't know if there are any other species out in the universe, it's probably a lot more interesting to find out you've come originally from a different planet. But if you are at the point where you freely travel the galaxy and have met other species from other planets, it's probably like, yeah, okay, yeah, my, my family came from Scotland. I see. You know? It's, um, but it's kind of who, similar who to our, uh, the Maquis. Like, did you, would you say you had the same problem with like that? The Maquis were fighting about planets that they didn't really... They weren't born on it, you know. They mm -hmm. just they decided that they're going to take a stand. I always thought that that was kind of believable because I guess like, you know, home means something no matter where you are. If you adopt it, and and that was more about like being sure. physically forced to be removed and stuff like that. The dinosaurs are. I thought it tied in well enough with the challenging of the doctrine of this church, for lack of a better word. Um, mm -hmm. They. You know, and I think Chicote even has an effective counterpoint against it. He's like, you've accomplished quite a bit here. You should probably just be proud that that's the way the things have worked out for you. Um, I just, I feel, I feel like the, the direction that they choose to go with it is, it's effective enough for me. I, I guess that the, the dividing line that I, I would ask you about is like, so in that case, would you which would you rather have? Would you would would you rather have this episode that is about the dinosaur aspect or just an alien without the dinosaur aspect pushing back on the church of their planet? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of it's one of those weird episodes where I feel like you need both of them. I feel like it wouldn't have been a very good episode if it was just a random alien that's on a planet acting like Galileo and he's like, you know, he, he's he's basically questioning that his planet goes around the sun that they have or sure, the star yeah. that they have. I would have been like, this is kind of silly or like this is too um, too much of a carbon copy. But I feel like the dinosaur aspect adds like a little bit of a twist to it that's like, oh, space dinosaurs. Like that's kind of fun too. Yeah. Would you have preferred one one over the other? No, because I think I think the interesting thing is that they're finding out that they are um, related to another species from a different part of the galaxy. That part is fun. I just think that the thing they're pushing back against isn't really that strong, because ultimately at the end, <clears throat> the only thing that she has to go on is this talk about you know the legacy of their people being blah blah blah. It's just not really it it, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't. They're coming down really hard on something that ultimately doesn't matter that much as for what they're um what she's pushing back on it for yeah um <clears throat> for the reasons exactly why Chakot what Chakotay's argument is where it's like you have accomplished a ton of shit you are an amazing uh uh civilization or whatever and her response is really only like well it tarnishes our entire legacy and makes everything a lie and it's well I mean is your is your entire people based if if your entire like ecosystem belief system and like laws are based around the fact that you are the only existing dinosaur people in the galaxy or whatever then sure maybe but they don't really get into that at all it's just i i think they're i think it's it's doing um 
they're not being specific, and I think they're kind of using the parallel of the Galileo and stuff, Galileo thing as a as a device without actually using the meat of why Galileo and Copernicus were were branded as heretics. I say, yeah, I would I, I would agree on the uh, I would agree to the extent that it feels like the way that they're copying the Galileo story or the Copernicus story <laughs> is. Uh, semi-obvious to the point where it's not really necessary for this plot to add anything to it, I guess. I I, I fall more into the... Um, I guess I'm surprised because I find it more... I find it very church-like. Like, I, I, find, I find there... The pushback is not so much against, like, it goes against, like, the sort of... Because I find it to be kind of the same thing. Like, as far as I remember, Copernicus... Copernicus and Galileo were basically like because it's not even mentioned in the Bible or anything, right? It's like it's just it's yeah, just it was so. just common knowledge that, or they believed it to be common knowledge that the sun went around the Earth, and I don't know why the Church would care about that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know why the Catholic Church thought that was something important that they should take a stand on, and that it willing to be proven wrong is a big deal. Maybe they did say something. I need some of the. Uh, Religious scholars of our listenership to chime in and explain to me why that's the case, but I didn't. Fi- I don't find that to be any more absurd than these dinosaur people going like, "No, we're everyone else is beneath us because we're space dinosaurs, and space dinosaurs are the best, and rat people are not anything cool like us. We're space dinosaurs." Haven't you seen? I, I thought it was similarly like silly logic that is kind of frustrating because you don't understand why you care. In the first place, mm. you know, it's just it's just an institution taking a stand for no particularly good reason other than to assert its will on somebody. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I just I wanted more from the institution. Whether or not their argument was silly, I just wanted something like a little stronger from them. Yep. Um, <clears throat> because I just didn't I didn't think like I get what you're saying. And I don't disagree, but I think that's my my issue with it is that they aren't coming at it from like there's a little bit of xenophobia and racism baked into it but not really a ton uh they just kind of go like ah mammals what and yeah but it i don't really get that they feel that they are uh objectively superior to a lot of other races or anything because i mean that's the one thing that's the (laughs) that's the uh the racist um, Lovecraft angle you could take with it. There's a story I can't remember what the Lovecraft story is, but it's the <laughs> it's it's one of the more um, thinly veiled uh, racist stories that he wrote. Where <laughs> it's the only ones I like. Where his uh, if I I'm probably going to screw this up, but basically he uh, he's looking back at his family tree, trying to figure out where he's from. And uh, he, this the, this character, uh, discovers that his grandfather, I think, had a really peculiar wife that nobody okay. ever really saw or talked to, <laughs> and that people thought that she was a witch or a monster. And what it turned yeah. out is that his wife was actually a giant blonde ape. And okay. so the <laughs> the horror of the story is him realizing that he is the direct descendant of an ape. Yep. And it's like, it's just like the 
That's that Tarantino movie. The dialogue of like the, uh, the oh, Italian the, uh, from, uh, <laughs> the, from the Sicilians. Yeah. Yeah, Sicilians. yeah, it's like that, only put it in the 30s and a, a little bit more uh, uh, racist for racist sake, not because of uh, you're trying to get, the, get a rise out of a mobster. <laughs> but, you know, like I, I think if yep. they had leaned into that a bit more, sure. Uh, if if they had a superiority complex, that that would have been a bit more undercut by this, sure. Um, but yeah, I just in that final scene where it's like Chakotay's reasoning versus the quote unquote church's reasoning, I, I didn't think that they had much of a leg to stand on. Did you um, the Sicilian thing is gummy? Did you see that uh, there was a story, a COVID study came out that suggests that uh, the people who are super susceptible to COVID and like fatally so tend to have higher proportions of Neanderthal DNA in them, which oh, I was yeah. like, yeah, I was like, that's a really interesting finding that I'm sure no one is <laughs> no one is going to have any kind of a uh, political commentary about, but it's, that would kind of make sense. And it's kind of interesting because some of us do have more Neanderthal than anything else. But yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, I, because I, I find the dinosaurs to be pretty racist, I guess. Yeah. I, I think that you, like, it's tough because you don't see them interact with, well, even then it's tough because, well, I guess the, is, the scientist might be different. The scientist goes out and talks to everybody, apparently. He's hopping around to bars and saying, like, have you seen Voyager and talking to people like that. The city ship seems to be less so. Mm. And though their technology implies that they don't really interact with other races at all if they don't have to. They have mm. cloaks and they don't bother talking to them. Um, this is apparently the only time we're going to see this species, which is surprising to me and kind of a letdown. You you feel like they could pop up in an episode because of their abilities and their technology and be around. But I guess going by the ending, that's not the case anymore, right? They've decided that they're not going right. to do that and, and Gagan is not going to be able to do anything like that. Um, they do the... Uh they do the uh, uh, Star Trek Discovery thing where the Voyager flies away and then everybody on that planet is like, we can all agree never to talk about this ever again. <laughs> they all shake hands and that's the end of it. Yep, yep. Um, I, think, I, like I think the thing for me is it was triggering um, the way that I look at a lot of, uh, a lot of these um, conspiracy theories like the flat earth thing or the reptilian, you know, well, reptilians is kind of a big deal, but there, there's so many of these things that people go <laughs> so hard on where ultimately, ultimately I'm, I'm like, great, let's say you're right. Who cares? Like, what does this change? You know, mm -hmm. like uh, the Shakespeare authorship things like, okay, great. Somebody else wrote it. It was 600, 500 years ago and the plays are still good. Who gives a shit? You know, who wrote it? Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. I guess maybe we just disagree about, because it's like, <clears throat> because I guess. Like, uh, sorry, it's, but it's like, I guess it's like finding out that you, that right, right now that humans are, share chromosomes with, Neanderthals or, or a, a lesser species that existed two million years ago or something. It's like, oh, sure. yeah, cool, but that doesn't affect me at all now, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I guess. I Maybe I don't know. Is there like a sect of white supremacy? You, you would know this. Is there a sect of white supremacy <laughs> yeah. that... Hold on, let me show you my tattoos. 
<laughs> is there a sect of white supremacy that doesn't that believes that white people are not born of Africa, right? Oh, I'm that sure be, there is. Yeah, I'm, I, that would probably be the, but that would be very catastrophic to them if you managed to prove to them that that was not the case, right? Sure, it destroys their entire argument. Really, uh, assuming they believed you, yeah. Right, and and maybe you could have gone there with this story, which is that like they just. Because here it seems much more like the church is like, you've told the truth and you need to shut the fuck up. Like that kind of thing. Like they, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. they don't push back in a religious sense of being like, no, this is not the case because this book says that that's not the case. And so maybe they could have gone somewhere with that. But I, I find it, um, maybe the, I mean, the, it ultimately doesn't matter. I guess it's more a case of just like the frustration of dedicating your life to this and then you find the answer and you might even not think it's important. Like the scientists might not even think it's important, but the fact is that the the society, the church or whatever, the civilization yeah. says like you can't even talk about it, I guess is, is more the point than anything else. Yeah, I think I think what would what might work is something like if their society valued the reptile whatever they want to call it side as being the the primary uh the 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 driving the thing that drive drives them as a people and and allows them to accomplish the things that they do ultimately yeah. to find out that they share dna with this other group that does so you know what i mean where it's like oh yeah, yeah. we these ones are the where we get the biped thing from. We were actually just dumb reptiles. Should they have? Um, should they they have done like the Flintstones thing of <clears> insinuating <throat> that dinosaurs and humans lived together at a certain point in human history, <laughs> and we rode them around, and then they took a spaceship and they four hundred million years ago, my ancestor was nothing but a beak on a record player to you, and now look at us. Pushed off this world by men who drove their cars with no shoes on. <laughs> my like my that. great 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 grandfather was used <laughs> as a telephone. <laughs> used his uh, his his ribs as a xylophone. <laughs> Struck the same <laughs> note twice. Yeah, I because I, I suppose that would have been the something that gives you a little bit of like the anti-human. You know, that's preposterous. Like even for this Star Trek episode yeah. to say that that was yeah. the case, but. I mean, it's fairly preposterous. It's just that you don't see it about how yeah. they got off the planet in the first it's, place. It's weird too, because I do think you get into this weird gray area where it's like, in order to do something like that, you're kind of... Because I, I thought they were kind of going to go this way. Because I, I, I don't know if they if they have covered this stuff on a, on a different series or a different episode. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I know that at some point they, they addressed why there are so many bipedal humanoid species oh, yeah, in Star in the, Trek? That's in the TNG episode. Is that in yeah. TNG? Okay. Because yeah. um, I didn't I didn't know where that came in the hierarchy of, of the show, so I thought maybe they were going that way with this. Um, and the thing I was getting worried about is like, ugh, it's kind of, you run into a real tough spot if ultimately the takeaway is that like human beings are the, basis of everything you know it's a it's a very uh, uh very um, modern trek small universe problem. exactly yeah it's also very um uh conceited way to to look at yeah. you know, Narcissistic. narcissistic yeah. that's the word i'm looking for 
And I, I thought that they were kind of going to go that way, but they didn't. And I think that's the, one of the things is like, all right, well, if you're not going that way where, oh, the human part is more important than the reptilian part, then like what exactly is your conflict as to why this is a, is a problem? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, you don't want to, you don't want to make it look like it's a, uh, humans, humans are the greatest message. Yeah. Um, so it's I think I I can see why it would could get a little dicey as 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 far as how they want to tackle this stuff. Did um, I guess just to circle back to my original um, point about it. Did you? You might have been nodding, and I just wasn't paying attention. Did you, Did you find this to be a unique Voyager episode in that way? Yeah, yeah, I did. I thought I yeah. thought this was one where they took uh, took a chance and changed the formula, and it worked pretty well. Um. They, <clears throat> I thought they, it used the concept of the show really well. Um, cause I mean, without Voyager there, the, they, this story never happens, right? Like there's, uh, nobody right. else. They would, they they would could, never find an earth ship. Any right. Other way, right. Guess, yeah. yeah. Although I guess if they ran into the Borg, technically they might, cause the Borg are generally human. Yeah, Sometimes could the Borg assimilate these? These I, I, I guess so. right. Yeah, yeah. he would have. Yeah, the, these guys seem like they could be able to get away from that. <laughs> My it's, good. But we're in hazy territory now, where it's like every episode is some species going like, "Stay out of our territory." And it's right? Like, what the? Is there like any path I can go that I'm not crossing through into somebody's territory? Yeah. My favorite part was when they were in the holodeck and they were like, and Jane was like, "What would this thing look like evolved ten million years?" And it like gets. <laughs> It turns into like a Gallimimus or something. It's like, now, <laughs> what would it look like? Evolved 400 million years and it just turns into like the creature from the Black Lagoon. It's like, ah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Everything makes sense now. Yeah. Was that, was that, was the computer's algorithm too correct or not close enough for you? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I, found it, I found it to be, I found it to be absurd. That that's the way that they that that just by asking you to do. I understand it's a TV show, but that was like extrapolate over the course of a hundred million years the billion of possibilities of what right, could go on yeah. with this thing, and this it turns into a human. It's and like I it's like the, that the 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 episode of The Simpsons where Lisa has to go to the to the dentist, and they mm -hmm. show her the uh, um uh pers the perspective change of what will happen to her teeth if they, if they don't get fixed and they just yes. start growing out of control and then one of them grows like a giant spike up through her mouth the top of her lip that's what it would be that's how you can predict things and i think it's um <clears throat> it's evolutionary theory now there's some it's something called like the crab theory so like animals tend to evolve towards a crab shape it's like a very oh. A very desirable shape to have, apparently, I'm, and these guys I should will, have turned into a crab. I will tell that to my doctor the next time he gives me a hard time. <laughs> when you walk in sideways into the room, just say, this is what's happened here. <laughs> Only possible on video. I haven't mentioned that to these people yet. We're doing this on video now, so you guys are watching us for real. Um, did I have anything else to say about this one? I... I was sorry. I, I don't know if you're going to be thinking. I, I, I uh, was thinking. It gives me a chance to think. <clears throat> I liked... I wish they had done a little more observing of of the crew because yeah, I like that stuff. I thought you could do it allowed them to do a little bit of legwork uh and shortcut some stuff where it's like, you know, 
they're definitely going for the uh, Tom Paris and Bellana thing. Can, can we talk about? We haven't talked about that yet. Sure. Maybe that's a good. You can you can finish your point, but I'll just try to remember to do that if you want to finish what you're talking yeah, about about it, seeing the ship. It, it's just like it it allow it. it, it it would allow them to do a little bit of shortcutting because, you know, they show us that scene and, and the two guys are like, oh, well, these two are obviously into each other and obviously courting, which for some for some reason just works as a way to get us into that versus like the fact that we haven't really seen them interacting that much. The cold know, open, of a- yeah, post-coitus scene <laughs> that we have that I'm sure is, is coming uh- Literally. Yeah, yeah. So, like when they when they drop something like that on us, it feels like okay. Well, yeah. Obviously, this is this is uh, um, uh, been going on for a bit, even if we're not getting a, a scenes of it every week, you know. But mm-hmm. I, I think it would have been a nice nice chance to kind of get a, a a little bit of an update on on what everybody's doing on the ship and what kind of yeah. headspace they're in and stuff like that. That would that would have been kind of neat. I because I not knowing anything about the episode, I thought there was a strong possibility that the crew was never going to interact with the dinosaur people at all. Yes, I was know? wondering that too, yeah. And that 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 might have that might have been fun. It completely undercuts the Galileo aspect because you can't well, you can still do that. It's just you don't have Chakotay there to witness it. So the crew would not know that that was maybe that would even be more effective if that was the case. Um but it's a Star Trek show yeah. of the balls to do that. I think that's interesting because I mean then you have Ultimately, I guess your your conflict of the scene of the the episode just comes down to this guy and his governing body. Yeah, and is that enough? I like the idea of something happening in Voyager's not aware of it too. Like yeah. there's this whole Copernicus thing happening on the planet that they're nearly interacting with. There are yeah. people that they are, and they just don't see it. I think that could work. I actually do think that the the uh, getting Voyager involved worked pretty well. Like yeah. the, um, cause that leads to, <laughs> the one guy, uh, just like shutting down his internal organs. So he didn't have to answer <laughs> questions answer. was interesting. <laughs> um, but like when the ship gets taken over, I thought that was a, a good scene. Um, when they get like beamed into the, the big dinosaur ship beams. Them yeah. Into their, and then they, they just start showing up and uh um i like the scene where janeway is facing off with the other captain and paris yep. is trying to fire the photon torpedoes i thought that I was thought filmed was well i don't know it, mm. it, it was i wouldn't even say it was filmed well i thought it was unique looking for how they did it but yeah <laughs> and janeway um i don't think janeway acted embarrassed enough it was just like fucking fire time right. like i can't do it she's like shit <laughs> well but you can imagine what that would have been like well, it would have been if, if spectacular. we had fired you would be completely wiped off the face of this uh, nebula. Yeah. Yeah. Did, um, that, so Tom and Bolana, mm. I guess this has been hinted at prior. Now that I'm thinking back, there's like the memento type flashbacks here where I'm like, I see them like talking to each other in every episode for a couple, uh, a couple strings of episodes now. Mm-hmm. Um, is the show. Is is this something to like? Are we are we to pay attention to this, or is this just kind of the show writing the two characters together? You know what I mean? Like, is there? Do you sense an intent on the show's part? Um, well, I don't know because I mean the uh, the big move in this direction came in that Kess episode where she was Benjamin buttoning herself. Um, right. 
And so I don't know if the... Sorry, if, the big move between Tom and Bolana. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's the one where you they really lay the groundwork of them getting together because in that in that one they were actively together. So they were actively together until she got killed. Uh, oh, Torres okay. gets killed during the year of hell. Right. <clears throat> and so I don't know if that's kind of where they really staked their claim that these two were, were into each other. Mm. I think before that they were kind of tiptoeing around it maybe, but it seems like since that Kess episode, it's like, all right, this is what we're going to do. Um, Okay. I don't know. I don't know if there's intent other than to have two characters have a relationship, or if they're doing it to imply that the ship is still on its way towards the year of hell. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Because I, if they didn't directly comment on it on this episode, I probably wouldn't even be noticing it now. Like it, it's very oh, subtle. Sure. It, yeah. It's not really a. Um, it's not really something that has been made textual out of it it's just been like oh these two have scenes with each other a lot kind of regularly maybe the producers just like their chemistry for whatever reason yeah. but yeah i think it's fairly recent that they've been leaning into starting it. this yeah i did i did really like when the two uh dinosaur guys were talking about it and one of them was like why can't they just use this pheromone thing and he's like mm, they don't have that that's why they have to be dicks to each other <laughs> <laughs> I found I found a little bit of comedy in the cloaked dinosaurs. I liked it when when their like cloak starts to break and they're starting to sense them and Voyage is going like, What the fuck? Who's in this room? And they're like <laughs> dinosaurs are just like, I think we've underestimated their abilities here, uh, sir, as they try to get out. But just the I like the building tension of um like the are the guys with phasers just start filling the room and the dinosaurs are like typing on their little thing trying to get away from each other. Uh, it's very funny. Anything else to say about Distant Origin? Or should we go to patron thoughts at this point? Um, no. Oh, the only thing I wanted to note is that that, that Chancellor or whatever, her throne was awesome. I don't know. It was a good what set. That, it was very yeah. cool. Yeah, that big seat she was in was very cool. Kind of a, a Star trek version of the Emperor's throne room in Star yeah. Wars, I guess. But maybe that's just because anytime you have one chair in the middle of a circle room, that's what you think of. <laughs> um... I, I thought they, I thought they were good too. I um, I was actually relieved at the end. I when Chakotay started talking, I was like, "Oh no, the show is going to have Chakotay convince these people that they're wrong." And fortunately, it didn't work out that way. And I thought yeah. that that was very effective of the show. But I, I was very concerned knowing Voyager. I was like, "Chakotay is going to talk his way out of this. He's going to say something." And it would make no sense because these people don't like him. They don't, they're racist towards him and they don't believe that he has anything to say. And he's somehow going to convince them otherwise, but it doesn't. It turns into a nice scene where uh, the female chancellor or whatever gets to say like, I'm going to fucking execute all these Voyager people and the dinosaur doctor has to say, don't do that. I'll, I'll give up. I surrender. Yeah, they avoided going into that space where it's like when uh, when Elvis Presley wrote a letter to the black panthers on behalf of the united states government and he was like That's hey right. guys hey guys violence isn't cool what if we all just chilled out <laughs> in the ghetto in the ghetto let's go to patron thoughts then as the, thanks everybody as the most famous black artist in this country That's i'd right. like to reach out to my fellow fellow people and say what if we just cooled it <laughs> Just cool. We just cool it with all the guns. <laughs> Say, be cool, bitch. Be cool, bitch. 
I like Elvis. I always like Elvis. Elvis is. Did you see the movie? The no, Austin I haven't seen Butler? the movies yet. I loved no. it. I thought it was great. It's completely yeah. preposterous, but it's yeah. It's one of those ones <clears throat> where you know I don't even care if it's true. You know, sure. like I felt the same way about Winning Time, the basket, the the Lakers show that everybody right. with the, the people who the basketball people are like, well, this isn't how it happened at all. It's like, I don't give a shit. It's compelling. Right. It's compelling drama. That's what it's for. Yeah. It's a fiction. Yeah. No, it's not a, not a documentary, certainly. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast today. If you want to support the show and you enjoy the content, you can go to patreon.com slash the Penske file. It's the best way to support us. A couple of dollars a month, you get extra stuff. You leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes. We'll read them. There's extra podcasts, extra video, blah, 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 all that stuff. We got like 200 podcasts on that thing at this point, Clay. Patreon.com slash the Penske file. Go there, support the show if you enjoyed it. And as always, if you leave your thoughts as a patron on upcoming episodes, we read them and we're going to do that right now. So I'm going to send the first comment to you, Clay. Hit me. This is from Kyle Parisi, which took me five minutes to understand why he has changed his name to that. <laughs> but do you remember, Clay? Do you remember? I'm sure you uh, We made a joke about like a Ramon style band. Yeah, the- <laughs> <laughs> for the Parisi, the Parisi, Parisi squares, squares are yeah. our band. <laughs> We're all Clay Parisi, West Parisi. He can be the bass player, Kyle Parisi. Um, uh, this is Kyle's comment. I'll let you read. Speaking of uh, the bass player, they just put out on soundtrack vinyl for the first time the, the soundtrack to That Thing You Do, yep. um, which famously in that movie, the bass player doesn't have a name. And yes. he's always kind yeah, of Steve overlooked. Steve Zahn, right? Uh, no, it's Ethan Embry. Steve Zahn's the guitar player. Oh, okay. And uh, when I saw the album, I I was very tickled because I, I think it's Mondo that puts it out and they have like a, a little paper thing that goes over the, the edge. It's like yep. maybe like an inch and a half wide. And I noticed that that thing in the picture of everybody covers the bass player's entire face. <laughs> and I thought that was really clever until I realized it also covers the lead singer's face. And I was like, ah, oh, that, that no, would have been such not, a good joke. Anyway. Not as good. That, I lo- that's a, we haven't done that movie or covered it, but like... Great movie. You you have a ton writing on that song, right? You have yes. to write the perfect song. Yeah. Otherwise, people will just go, why the fuck is everyone loving, loving this song right now? But you yeah. you must hear that song 50 times in that movie, and you're still, every time, you're just like, doing that thing. I was thinking, yes, once I saw the soundtrack was coming out, of course, I listened to the song, and I was just thinking, like, has there ever been a movie written for a song, sorry, a, a song written for a movie that just nailed it so hard? Like right. you yeah. can, you can kind of just like, yeah, these work, they're great, whatever. But like the whole, like you said, the whole movie. It needs that song to work. Rests on the song. Yeah. And so the yeah. song needs to work and they just knocked it out of the park. Yeah. RIP yeah. to yeah. that guy. I think he just died a couple of years ago. The guy who wrote it. The songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Distant origin. Holy shit. The show can still do a good episode. The best aspect is that the writers fully commit to the idea first by spending so long with the Voth characters before reaching Voyager and then spending an appropriately long time on the trial where ideas are debate ideas are debated rather than cutting back to Voyager for a shootout. The trial is the standout scene of the episode, one of the best of the series, with it being a fascinating sci-fi take on the church's treatment of Galileo or did not copy. It, I, it ends at or. Copernicus. The Copernicus. Whole dinosaur, the whole, I'll finish it then. I guess that this thing is less good than our other one. 
the whole dinosaur backstory is insane, but I'm willing to accept it apart from the secret underwater continent idea. If aliens had abducted them rather than dinosaurs becoming space-fearing themselves, I would have preferred it. Chicote is the worst example of a human from Earth Gagan could have chosen to make his point because only last season we learned that he and his people are actually aliens. 4.5. Oh, yeah. Five. Good point. I guess maybe you're right. Maybe they, they do actually imply that there's an underwater continent, but I, I must have just missed that. I, th- I think you're right, actually. I think that they were saying it just got washed away or something. I, I don't, it wouldn't make a lot of sense if they were under the water. Who cares? It was 400 million years ago. It doesn't matter. This one didn't go all the way either. Hold on. I can only send you the short ones. Norman Vaughn says, I love the concept of this episode and how it gives us a lot in 45 minutes of the Voth, one of the most intriguing alien races Voyager has ever encountered. The tale of Copernicus in this mode is great, and Chicote is even quite effective as the human advocate. The whole concept of the city ship is awesome, and I suspect that this is the one race the Borg had failed to assimilate continuously. Only downside is the Voth does not reappear, which out of all the Delta Quadrant races who would reappear, they're the ones who make the most sense. Five globes representing your original home out of five. I mean, I get, it makes sense to a point, but I mean, they do at the end say, don't ever, we don't ever want to see you again. <laughs> so, Never want to see you guys again, ever. Uh, if you want, you can you can just send them through Discord like we usually do. I'll do that too. It's just another yeah. window. I'll, I'll do that uh, for yours though as we go forward here. This is Woodrow. Oh. Uh, the makeup for the dinosaurs looked amazing after I turned on HDR Intricate scales and vibrant colors. The Saurian magistrate made for a formidable adversary who was confidently a step ahead and ready to drop the axe. Too bad no one on Voyager thought to sell out the scientist in exchange for a transwarp toe or adv- advice on Borg space. Three, who cares what dinosaurs think out of five? I did think the makeup was really great. There's a couple scenes where they did some close-ups, um, yeah. and it all really... It was very tight. It looked really good. looked like a lot to wear was all I could think. That yeah. Was a, that is a big a head long, piece of... Long day in the chair, I think. Kensito says, Distant Origin, the first of many attempts to mess with the formula of Voyager. It's not a perfect episode, but it does try to do something different at the beginning. The Saurian makeup looks great, and the actress playing the Inquisitor was fantastic. Three out of five. How do you feel about formulas? for shows because I've, I've as as i've mentioned probably a number of times i've been watching my way through columbo yeah which is more or less the same formula every episode yep and but it works and it's it's uh it's enjoyable but obviously the people making the show liked uh, chances to change it up and so there's a few where they change it up like i we watched one recently where nobody actually gets killed columbo has to mm. solve a kidnapping sure. which is kind of yeah. weird um <laughs> i think it's tough with that show because the, the format is kind of what makes it unique from other cop shows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this one, I feel like, I don't, I don't know if I would say that this show is, I, the, when it is formulaic, I feel like it stands out because the formula is so bland. Voyager specifically, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, th- I think Voyager falls into the Star Trek um, formula, which is by now kind of tired and like needs other options to, mm-hmm. to propel it forward. I thought this one, this one to me, it only breaks the formula in that the script um, is a little bit like unusually unpredictable in how it sets up the story in a yeah. way that like, because most of Voyager's like, 
cold open, you run into a space anomaly or a person, right? Then it's like you right, hang out with the right. person for a little bit. Then they come back and then there's the conflict there and then they talk to Janeway and there's this. This one had like, you start with like the mystery of what's going on. They find the bones. It's like, Ooh, what the fuck? Like, what are these dinosaur looking guys doing? <laughs> then they, you know, you can predict that they're going to find Voyager, but they do. Then they spy. Then there's a whole reveal. It just, it felt like a, um, a lot of times Voyager scripts can feel formulaic because they're, they're starting to do what Enterprise would do all the time which is that it's just like here's the idea you've given me but this is what the star trek script looks like it's like this sure. is how it's written and it comes out this way uh but this one felt different yeah the uh that reminded me one of my other favorite bits was how they had the um the the little computer generated picture of what they thought the human would look like yes. which was basically Green, a, a reptilian skin. guy with a star <laughs> yeah. trek uniform on yeah, and then they they're the like uniform. then we talked to some people and we got a better idea of what they look like and it just turns into like frankie valley <laughs> skin a little less green big hair great hair great hair Dax looks like he's from <laughs> naples <laughs> They were their holographic version of us was just as accurate as ours was of them. It That's true. Slight, yeah. Slightly off. Tax Albert says distant origin. I can't believe my boy Hogan makes another appearance, even if it is only a bunch of skeletal remains. But let's be real here: the dinosaur guys have to be the lizard baby descendants. Well done, Janeway and Paris. Oh uh, yeah, they could be. Point extra G with distant origin. Just an origin. I remember the ads and promos for this episode when it originally aired, a Star Trek Voyager episode of Jurassic Proportions. <clears throat> they really tried promoting this episode heavily. It's really one of the best episodes of the season, taking a look at the battle between science and doctrine. I'm curious what anyone watching it because of the advertising blitz thought of it. While it has dinosaurs, it's really a very thinly episode. Does he mean uh. Timely. No, well, it has thinly. dinosaurs. It's really probably a very like thin. I, I would assume they mean it's a thinly used aspect of the episode that they're dinosaurs. Sure. Which I, I don't even know if I agree with that. Matt Ross says distant origin. A good use of prior episodes from the dead engineer to other races Voyager contacted. This is an interesting story dealing with dinosaurs that somehow developed an advanced tech and just up and left Earth. <laughs> okay, that makes no sense, but it's still a fun idea. The story's bigger issue of religion versus science and those in power who will do what they can to remain in power, even at the suppression of the truth, was also on display. Good thing they can translate English words to find and pronounce the name Voyager. And look how quickly Chakotay, again, just sidles up to those who are probably not in his best interest. So still four dinosaurs out of five. So like, I think one thing that might've been interesting is if part of what they had discovered, <clears throat> if, if the understood history of the, these people was that they were always a smart, uh, spacefaring people who came to this planet, however many years ago or whatever. And part of what he discovers is that they were actually abducted. Because yeah. then it that kind of like undercuts the entire belief of 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 where they had come from and and who the and the things that they did accomplish. You know what I mean? Because then yeah, yeah. Then the people in charge are like, well, no, because that means that we were just stupid animals that were stolen from a planet and brought to it. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Where yeah, it yeah. Undercuts their own sense of uh, accomplishment and stuff. Yeah, it's a little bit of um. It's a little bit of a slave trade metaphor there, right? Because it's kind yeah. of like a, a stolen from home and 
brought into a different culture that like yeah that but, destroys your culture i don't want to go too far into that as being a metaphor because the point i'm trying to make is that they were dumb animals when they were taken <laughs> so, no I, I i i i even took that to just mean that that was the point of like you could say that they were maybe i'm uh putting this on your words but like if they were abducted mm. the abductors can treat them that way you know sure I guess that you'd run, you'd have to run into you still run into the weird issue of like they were just sort of man dinosaurs walking around at that point. You know, they weren't like stegosauruses that they captured. Oh, I guess in my in my <clears throat> what I'm what I'm saying what I'm thinking is that like they were removed from Earth when they were still just dinosaurs. Dinos. Yeah, yeah. They, right. Yeah, gotcha. No, yeah, and I, I think in my version of that, they have to be dinosaur men. They yeah. have to be what they are, which is really not going to work. Jonah says distant origin. There are a number of features that make this a very good episode of Star Trek. The writing is interesting and intelligent, showcasing a conflict between aristocratic and religious pride on one hand and a devotion to scientific truth on the other. This episode is right up there with similar politically engaged episodes of TOS. Four out of five. Royo is our next comment, and I will send it to you post-haste. Distant Origin, clearly a lot of passion went into this episode, and they worked hard on the makeup. However, I found the premise so silly I could never get into it. Meeting Earth dinosaurs as an advanced civilization on the other side of the galaxy sounds like an episode of Doctor Who, not Star Trek. Doctor Who does have reptile people in it, actually. Um, I reckon this concept would have been way too silly for TOS, even if they had the budget to pull it off. They were already pushing their luck with the Gorn fight back then. Two out of five. Christian Pouch says, Distant Origins, so what if the dinosaurs had spaceships? Sounds like awful schlock. What we get instead is a fantastic story of one man's conviction in the face of institutional blindness. Gagan, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Gagan or Gagan is a character we've seen before in Trek in real life, but is no less compelling thanks to a heartfelt performance that culminates in a heartbreaking but hopeful ending. Five <laughs> out of five. Do we what did know you think of the, yeah, the, the ending? Uh, which ending specifically? The, where he goes back on his belief? The hopefulness stuff. I, I was surprised that there was a Chakotay and him say goodbye scene. Right. Yes. Um, I, I imagined him being led off in shackles or something like that. Yeah. And never seeing him again. Yeah. I'm not surprised that they did that because <laughs> that would be very dark, I think. Yeah. Too too dark <laughs> for what was going on here. Because, you know, it's a, it's a guy who just gave up his convictions. And, he did repent. Like, he, yeah. he repented. So, yeah. yeah. So, I think having Chakotay there to uh, affirm him is, um, is, is not a bad idea. I was just thinking, though... When did they supposedly leave Earth? Did they did they make it past the asteroid? They or did they leave before the asteroid? Oh, I see. So, I mean, yes. This, this goes in. How long do you think that they developed on Earth? Like, if they were, right, yeah. If they were dinosaur men, they had to survive the asteroid, you know, and exist there. For Unless a while. they existed. They left, their whole existence was pre-asteroid. Sure, but then is, it would have been... It would have been ex- anything else. It, it, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Then, then you're saying that they lived amongst non... I guess it would be like humans living along chimpanzees. Like they would have been living with dinosaurs. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's what they were saying. I don't know. This is dialing up Star Trek, and I just sent you the comment. <clears throat> Distant Origin, a.k.a. Galileo Galileo in Space. 
suppressing professor suppressing professor gagan's findings because they don't gel with their spiritual book is ridiculous however that is the point and the show succeeds in mimicking galileo's persecution galileo was on trial for simply discovering that the earth revolves around the sun and the catholic church claimed the bible showed that the earth was the immovable center of the universe with the sun revolving around it I don't buy Chakotay's explanation for why Earth had not discovered their species yet. With all of Earth's technology, wouldn't they have explored the ocean floor more? Well, I don't know, because don't they say that we've explored more of space than we have of the of the ocean? Yeah, and why, bullshit? once you're out in space, why go back? Who cares yeah. about the water? I know. So it's, it's on the floor. Who gives a shit? <laughs> it's like the, the old peanuts and popcorn of, of the Earth. That's uh, right. Galileo's research was burned and he was put under house arrest, so I would have had Voyager escape and the Voth be a recurring enemy trying to destroy any evidence of this heresy. I give this a three out of five. Please explain how him hibernating would protect him if he thinks they're going to hurt him. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind them not coming back because I think it's, I think that makes more sense to me than if they were, I don't know. What, what, their, what else are you going to get out of these guys, you know? No, it fits their characterization. And the, the way that it ends, it only has to go that way, that they don't yeah. continue to look for other species. Ch- uh, and as far as him hibernating, it's just a defense against interrogation, which is really the only defense you ever need. <laughs> Changeling says that's why, origin. That's why everyone who survived in Vietnam in those cages, they just pretended they were asleep the whole time. <laughs> it's the same thing I do when I don't want someone to sit next to me on the train. Can't play, they can't play Russian roulette if you're asleep. <laughs> that's really, that's says, a good point. <laughs> perfect <laughs> gonna, perfect defense. What are they going to do? Pull the trigger for you? That yeah, defeats the that's point no of the game. That's no fun. Yeah. Distant Origin from Changeling says, This episode could have been great, but it fell just short. Would the animosity of the minister make more sense if it suggests that they were picked up by aliens to put, be put in a zoo and they just outlived them instead of suggesting that there is some dinosaur Atlantis somewhere on Earth? Also, I am not a fan of religion versus science episodes. They just make the villains one note and over-the-top evil to the point that you question why people took them seriously in the first place. But the episode had some more interesting direction than usual with the Dutch angles. Two Planet of the Parasolophiluses out of five. Yeah, I think that's what I'm keying into as well. Like, it, it's not it's, it's not like they were uh, taken away and then when they were underdeveloped and then became this species. Like, they, they evolved into a space-faring, supposedly, yeah, a space-faring civilization before they left Earth. And yeah. so, like, if it's just like, yes, before we got to California, we stopped in Texas. It's like, great. Who cares? Yeah. You know, we still I, I, made it to Texas. I would agree with that. I, I think that they should have set them up as they were just taken from Earth as dinosaur yeah. people. Or yeah, like dinosaurs, so. and that they, they this is the way that they evolved. Uh, this is Groppler John Zorn with the comment that I just sent to you. If dinosaurs and spacemen are cool, how cool would dinosaur spacemen be? There is actually, now that someone mentioned it before, there is a Doctor Who episode called Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. Uh, <laughs> turns out the only way to screw up that much fourth grade Toy Story street cred would be to make your dinosaur spacemen religiously intolerant anti-science zealots. Mm-hmm. Though the faux science is flimsy and the plot is amongst the preachiest in all of Trek, both Beltran and guest star Henry Warnitz turn in solid performances. Ultimately, it's a reasonably entertaining episode as long as one doesn't think too much. Three out of five. And a reminder 
that none of this would have happened without Neelix's bad judgment. R.I.P. Hogan. Yep. That's the same thing. That's the same thing I wrote on a big piece of poster board the first time Hollywood Hulk Hogan fought the enemy. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, brother. Jaron Hatch says, pop the champagne cork, everyone. Voyager finally remembered to make an episode that's about something. It may be silly and didactic, but it's nonetheless fun and well-executed. I always enjoy the episodes that give us an alien perspective on our main Starfleet characters and think they're fairly underutilized subgenre in the greater Star Trek pantheon. It also makes for a fairly good sampler episode for a newbie trying to get an impression of both Voyager and Star Trek as a whole. Any of the Treks could have done this, but it fits particularly well with Voyager. For flawlessly perfect and instantly generated evolution extrapolation algorithms out <laughs> of five. I know. They say, what is it like the, the, the chance that human life evolved the way it's the, they, they do it in all good things. The chance that human life evolved the oh, way it did right. is like a one in 10 15 trillion, trillion or yeah. something like that. Yep. But you know, not too bad, not too big of a calculation for These the These are holodeck, very apparently. powerful, very powerful computers on the holodeck. Yes. Artorias says, Distant Origin. So this is a Star Trek Voyager's version of Tennessee versus Scopes. Looks like, is it Scopes? I guess it is Scopes. Yeah, it looks like mm. uh, Voth Lady wants to stay in power, but given this distant origin theory, you would think that they would use it not only to lay claim to Delta Quadrant, but the Alpha Quadrant as well. But that would be power-hungry dictator actually using their brains. Guess the Federation is lucky. But you could definitely see the wheels turning for the Voyager crew. Give humans another 20 to 40 years and they will give the Voth a run for their money. Section 31 is definitely working overtime on this one. Four retracted theories out of five. Were you surprised that Janeway wanted to barrel through that unknown anomaly or whatever the hell they were talking about when she was like, how long would it be if we went around? It's like, ah, it'd be an extra three months. I mean, if you're there for 75 years, who gives a shit? Go I around. It. That's, <clears throat> they, that was the same they had in that, um, that other terrible episode where they invaded that space of those like insect ships, those little oh, tiny ships right, that chased yeah. them around. That was the same argument. It was like, fuck them. I do what I want. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you just keep adding three months here and there to your trip, eventually that's going to turn to years, so. I think the problem is they just, they never ask. They never say like, do you mind if we cut through? They're always like, should right. we do it? She's like, yeah, we should do it. It's like, just just ask them and people maybe won't have a problem. This is uh, Patrick Seba with Distant Origin. History's fun when it starts up the story and I love this silly rendition. Urban the Eighth in Hadrosaur Glory said Anklio Florentine's mission. Nicely the done. only missed score for this metaphor, the Chicote speeches were cruel inquisition. Five missed opportunities to cast Brian Cox as opening Dino Coroner out of five. <laughs> uh, let me see. Is this the last? No. So I got this one. Then you have the last one. This is Hat with distant origin. So sentient space-faring Earth dinosaurs are Star Trek canon now. Anyways, I thought the episode was vague enough in its allegorical theme to not feel too preachy, but direct enough to feel like it was saying something important for the modern day. In comparison to season two of Picard, in which the argument in favor of immigration was presented in the 21st century, and as a result felt incredibly unnuanced and heavy-handed, the Voyager episode feels very Trek-appropriate. I also like that the Voyager encountered a race that was far more technologically advanced. It always felt weird that Voyager almost always encountered races that were within 100 years of their own technological advancement. And lastly, Robert Beltran Chicote did a great job with his speech. Wish he'd get the limelight more often. Four out of five. It is a good point about um, 
this is the best way for Star Trek to do modern allegory or semi-modern allegories, like with, the, with his, dinosaurs. His point, his point about it's more it's more appropriate than um, his point about Picard. When you go back to the time and you comment on a yeah. timely issue, it's just like this is not what this franchise can do. Yeah, that's lazy. Yeah. This is Samuel S. with our final comment about Distant Origin. I cannot get past the premise of this episode. I understand what the show is trying to sell, but I ain't buying it. <clears throat> nope. There's no way a society so technologically advanced would still be so beholden to a centralized religious authority. Why aren't nearly as advanced? Sorry, we aren't nearly, nearly as advanced as those guys, and even we know that the Pope can't be allowed to run the UN. Two general audiences who already know religious authoritarianism is bad without a crappy Star Trek episode letting them know out of five. Isn't, isn't, uh, isn't the, aren't the Vulcans kind of, uh, religiously led? Yeah. Those guys, I would, I would kind of disagree. I would disagree with the comment. I think, I don't think it's outrageous, you know, I suppose being technologically like, um, you know who Relative else was technologically to, advanced? Noah, the, when he built the ark. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, the um, the medieval uh, crusades, the Europeans were Christian and superiorly, or technolo- or there, there were times where the, <clears throat> the religion of the world was technologically more advanced than other places, right? And they still believed in a higher power type thing. So. Yeah. It happens. Plus, they're dinosaurs, so what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> You don't know what they're going to think. They have tiny walnut brains. Not That's anymore. Cool. No, not any, no. Now they. Um, I'm surprised that would have been the dinosaur thing to uh, to bring up to have the doctor do like a brain scan and say like they don't have the tiny walnut stegosaurus brain anymore. There, <laughs> they're like normal. People. That's the thing they should have got mad about if they were like, "Where when where I come from, dinosaurs have tiny little brains. And we do not have tiny brains. <laughs> Take it back, or we'll burn you at the stake." The crew should just be obsessed with their tiny little brains and just like get out of here. Thanks everybody for listening to the show today. We did Distant Origin. Hopefully you enjoyed the content. You can go to patreon.com slash the if you want to support us and leave your thoughts like all the patrons did. Thanks patrons for leaving your thoughts. Clay, I think the patrons gave us a, I'm going to say this is a three, mm-hmm. a straight three from the patrons. What are you going to give this on our scale of one to five? I'm going four on this one. I think this is definitely uh one of the better ones of the season. Um, it's funny because I, I wouldn't say it's. I mean, I do think they use. Yeah, I, I was trying. To, I was trying to decide whether or not this is you a unique episode to Voyager, and I guess it kind of is. But I guess you could do this with any show where they're actually out exploring space. But yeah, um, yeah, I think it uses the concept of the show in a way that they tend not to um, anymore. And yeah, I think it's just, a, it's it's definitely more engaging than a lot of the other ones have been this season. Yeah, I'm going to, um, I'm going to give it a four too, I think. I think it's by far the best episode of the season so far. It might yeah. be the only one that I'm going to remember when it's over. Um, and a lot of that is just comes down to, I actually connected with the dinosaur main character guy. I thought that they like emotionally made him, feel like he was really sacrificing something and mm-hmm. that there was a little bit of like a, you know, emotional turmoil in that decision. I thought that the villains were cruel. I thought that they were effectively cruel. Um, 
you know, Voyager makes a, it's a decent Star Trek episode. It's not something that you haven't seen before, but it was, you know, fairly effective. And I, I thought that they combining the dinosaur plot with a more traditional Galileo type plot was what it needed really. Like it would have been a three if it had gone either of those other directions. And, um, instead it ended up being a little bit better than that. So I'm going to give it a four. It's really, it's really like a reverse planet of the apes, isn't it? Where instead of, instead of you going to the future and coming back to earth, you are, you find out that the, the, the apes have left yes. earth and become super yeah, they, smart. <laughs> they've just gone. You go there and there is no statue of Liberty and you're like, what yeah. the hell, what the hell happened here? Thanks everybody for listening. That's it. Distant origin. That would Thanks. be that would be a great a great way to remake Planet of the Apes if your main character the whole time is like, I know it's I know this is Earth. Like I understand that this is Earth. You you know, mm-hmm. it, it, I figured it out. And then at the end he freaks out because he's actually not on Earth. <laughs> just <laughs> just mm-hmm. in a, a series of extreme coincidences that mm-hmm. did not work out in his favor. Thanks, everybody. Patreon.com slash the Penske Valve. Support the show there. This is the Penske Podcast. Clay, do you have anything you want to say before we sign off? Uh, check out Rotten Horror Picture Show, our horror movie podcast where Amanda and I talk about horror movies. Uh, on Patreon this month, we are doing... What month are we in? Uh, September What September. is Dario Argento's Inferno. Yep. August was Toby Hooper's Funhouse. We're doing some video nasties. Uh, we're coming up, we're getting close to our hundredth episode on the main feed, which is pretty fun. Yeah. I'm not yep. sure what we're going to do for that. Uh, we might do something special or we might just, uh, re-record Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is the one episode that I completely tanked by accident. Yeah. You're going to have 199 <clears throat> episodes by the time your podcast is, is done. Yeah. Uh, and also badass, um, Sean and I, we finished season two of Batman Beyond, but we did just put up, uh, he and I were at a comic convention last weekend where we did a panel talking about, uh, Batman White Knight and, uh, the last seven years of that, which we've put out the audio for as an episode. So, uh, go check that out. That's it. Thanks everybody for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And this is going to be the first episode. We're going to have a little postscript episode after this in a couple days where we're going to have a couple questions that we will answer. You guys can check that out. We'll see if this is the new thing to do. Maybe we'll start streaming the episodes as we record them and people can leave comments or questions there. It'll be like a Patreon um, type thing that you can do. This is a little bit of a test run. We're figuring it out. I'm still figuring out how to click all the buttons to make the cameras work and stuff like that. That's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next episode with... Whatever it is, I closed the window. I can't see. I think it's displaced is the episode, but we'll see. Thanks again. See you next week.